This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Welcome, Dr. Steve and Dr. Jill Barry to the platform. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Apostle Theo. It's so wonderful to be with you all. It's a real honor and a privilege to be here back at our home church. Right. Uh, good morning, everybody. You know, as I stand on this platform, I think back to all those years ago when I was 15 and a half years old and came into this church. And my prayer is that you receive what I received. Because the peace of God, just the salvation that has brought peace. And as we were singing, the light in the darkness that has transformed my life, transformed our family. That's the answer to it all. And uh, it's just so wonderful to see so many people through all these years, through this ministry. I'm so thankful to God for this wonderful, faithful, godly, faith-filled couple. Yes. Because our, my life is totally transformed. Not just uh, in a day of salvation and a bit of joy, but continually, constantly. Yeah. And it's changed everything about my life, and I pray that for you. We're so thankful to, uh, for what it's done for our family. I just see this as not just a blessing that comes upon one of you. One of you gets saved. It's a generational thing. It's a legacy that you can pass down. I don't, I don't come from a family. I had not one saved person in extended family, not one. And now there are multitudes and I believe that they are going to be in the years to come. Today we have, uh, we had our son preaching last night. We have our daughter preaching in LA this morning. And um, we just, in the kingdom of God is everything to us. And I pray that it is to you too. Amen. Amen. Well, I just want to say, today is our 41st anniversary. <laughs> Apostle... Apostle Theo married us 41 years ago, and gosh, my wife just gets more beautiful every year that goes by, and I really mean that. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. We're so thankful to be part of this, your family, Lord, and part of this family, Father. We thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, I am depending on you. I thank you that you help me to preach the Word of God with power and demonstration. And I give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell your neighbor, he's the way maker. You may be seated. I, I was just so amazed and blessed that the last song that they sang was the way maker because I'm preaching about the way maker today. Isn't that amazing? Isaiah 43 verse 15 declares, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the muddy waters, who brings forth the chariot and the horses and the army and the power. They lie down together. They shall not rise. Don't, do not remember the former things. Do not consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now God introduces himself. 
as the way maker. That he will make a way where there seems to be no way. Despite the difficulty or how impossible it may look, God is a God who makes a way. Can you shout amen? amen. And I, I don't know what you're facing today, but I'm here to tell you that God has a way out for you. Isaiah is prophesying about the future when the Israelites would be taken captive in Babylon. And they were taken from their home in Israel. And the temple of God was destroyed. And they would spend 70 years in captivity. And the question that would burn in their hearts is, is this situation hopeless? Is there a way out of this difficulty? Is there a way home? And it was to a people that were feeling completely hopeless, whose faith was reaching breaking point, that God steps in and He, he reintroduces Himself. He had to remind them of who He is. He is the way maker. And maybe you've been feeling like those Israelites. Maybe you've taken your eyes off the Lord and instead you, you're looking at your situation. Maybe the difficulty of what you are facing has clouded out the thoughts of He who is for you. Maybe you too have forgotten the one who is on your side, the one who always makes a way. Because Israel, they sure, they had forgotten. And maybe, you know, sometimes we can do that too. So God reminds them of a time when it seemed like there was no way out. It looked like certain death. And God did what He does best, the impossible. He made a way where there was no way. He parted the Red Sea and made a way through. In Exodus 14, verse 13, Moses told the people, Fear not, stand still, firm, confident, undismayed, and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will work for you today. For the Egyptians that you have seen today, you will see never again. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. Another translation says you only need to keep silent and remain calm. And the message Bible says God will fight for you and you keep your mouth shut. You see, if you want God to make a way for you, you must not speak words of doubt and unbelief. You must continue to speak words of faith no matter how impossible it looks. David said in Psalm 116, even when it seems like I'm surrounded by many liars and my own fears, and even though I'm hurting in my suffering, in my trauma, I will still stay faithful to God and speak words of faith. Say that no matter what's going on, I'm going to keep speaking words of faith. Because if you want God to fight for you, if you want God to make a way for you, you've got to you, 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 you've got to speak in faith and remain at rest in faith. In Hebrews 4 verse 1, the Bible says God has offered to us the same promise of entering into His realm of resting in confident faith. And in verse 3, it says, For only we who believe, only we who believe God can enter into this place of rest. You see, faith, is what releases God's power to work in your life. And when you are in faith, you will be at rest. If we're worrying and anxious and fearful, then we're not at rest. What do we do? Keep building your faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Because when you get to a place of rest, 
you're at peace. You're not worried. In Exodus 14, 21, it says, Moses stretched forth his rod over the sea. The Lord opened up a path through the sea with walls of water on each side and a strong east wind blew all that night, drying the sea bottom. So the people of Israel walked through the sea on dry ground. See, this is what God wanted the Israelites to remember in the days of Isaiah, that he is still the God who makes a way when there seems to be no way. And it's clear to me, you can be following God's plan for your life. And it can lead you to challenging mighty waters. All of us will face the waters at some stage in our life. But if you read earlier in Isaiah 43, in verse 2 and 3, it says, When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And the message translation says, when you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not drown. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God, your Savior. Notice it doesn't say if you pass through the waters. It says when. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. But praise God, he adds, I will be with you. That's what makes all the difference. Because Psalm 66 verse 12 says, we went through the fire. We went through the flood. But you brought us to a place of great abundance. And the passage translates. The Passion Translation says it like this. We pass through the fire and the flood, yet in the end, you always bring us out better than we were before, saturated with your goodness. Thank God he's able to make a way when no way exists in the natural. He makes a way through. Now, that has positive and negative aspects. Think about the negative. The negative aspect of this word through is that we have to go through. I mean, I would have preferred something like, let's go around, let's go over. He makes a way around, he makes a way over, but no, he says we go through. Amen? I would have preferred that. How about you? But thank God, he is, he is faithful. Now, In Isaiah 45, verse 2, it says, I will go before you, and I will make the crooked places straight, and I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and the bars of iron. And the Passion Translation says, I will march in front of you, and I will level every obstacle. See, like the song says, when, when I walk through the waters, I won't be overcome. When I, when, when I go through the rivers, I will not be drowned. My God will make a way, so I am not afraid. Before me, behind me, always beside me, no shadow, no valley where he won't find me. I am not afraid. Let me tell you, this is a, this is a new day. The God who spoke the world into existence is breaking chains for you. Chains of defeat, chains of mediocrity, chains of depression. It's not going to be the way that it's always been. I believe you're stepping into a new season in your life. 
I believe you're going to have a strength you never had before. Things are going to fall into place for you. You're not going to have to fight. God is cutting the bars of iron for you. That means God's going to make things happen you could never make, make happen on your own. The odds were all against you, but suddenly it's going to turn around. Suddenly you're going to step into a new level. How could it be? Because the God who goes before you is breaking chains and cutting bars of iron. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 30 says, The Lord your God who goes before you, He's leading the way. He's fighting for you. You saw with your own eyes what He did in Egypt. You saw it in the wilderness. How God, your God, carried you ahead of you. In, uh, he went ahead in your travels to scout out a place to pitch the camp, a fire by night and a cloud by the day to show you the way to go. See, just like God went before the Israelites and God led them and God fought their battles and God took care of them, in the wilderness, so God will go before you and he will fight for you and he will be your vindicator and he will make your wrongs right. If you'll just trust him, hold your peace, stay calm, stay at rest, don't fear, don't worry, don't speak negatively, then God will go before you and he will level the obstacles. The Bible's filled with accounts of God fighting for his people, making a way where there seemed to be no way. In Joshua chapter 24, the Israelites were up against seven nations who were bigger, more powerful than they were. They, they really didn't stand a chance. They could have retreated and thought, well, I guess it's not meant to be. We're never going to take this land. There was no way in the natural, but God, the way maker, said to them in Deuteronomy chapter 9, you ought to cross over this Jordan today and go into dispossessed nations greater, mightier than yourself, cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, the descendants of the Anakim, whom you know, whom it was said, who can, who can stand against the descendants of, of Anak? They were giants. Therefore, understand today that the Lord your God is He who goes before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them, and He will bring them down before you, so you shall drive them out, and you shall destroy them quickly, as the Lord has said to you. Now, how did God get rid of these seven powerful nations? Did he send in the, the army, the navy, the, the seals, the tanks? Did he call angels down from heaven? No, he sent an insect. He sent hornets ahead of them. Joshua 24, verse 12, I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you, also the two Amorite kings, you didn't do it with your own sword and bow. I gave you a land which you did not toil, cities you did not build, you, and, and you live in them and you eat from the vineyards and the olive groves that you did not plant. Now you may not see a way how your situation could ever work out, but don't worry, God's got plenty of insects. He's got ways you never thought about before. I love this scripture in Psalm 130. It says, this is why I wait upon you, expecting your breakthrough, for your word brings me hope. I long for you more than any watchman would long for the morning light. I will watch and wait for you, O God, throughout the night. Israel, keep hoping, keep trusting, keep waiting on the Lord, for he is tenderhearted, kind, and forgiving, and he has a thousand ways to set you free. God's got a thousand ways to get you out of that situation. 
He may not do it the way you thought. Listen, I learned a long time ago. I quit trying to figure everything out and trust God. You may be in the fire right now. You may be going through deep waters right now. But if you will hold your peace, stay calm, God will make a way for you. Favor is headed your way. Our God is a way maker. The Bible's full of stories where God made a way. He made a way of escape for the three Hebrew teenagers. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They were taken captive to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar made a 90-foot gold statue of himself, about 30 meters. And anyone who refused to bow down to that statue would be thrown into a burning, fiery furnace. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow down. Because God told them never to bow down to, to any graven image. King Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage. He ordered them to be brought before him. And he said to them in Daniel chapter 3, I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the music. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the burning, blazing furnace. And then what God will rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these are teenagers. They said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need we do not need to defend ourselves to you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. And he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want, you to, make, we want to make it clear that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you've set up. The king was so furious, he commanded them to heat the furnace seven times hotter than usual. And he had them bound and thrown into the furnace. In fact, the furnace was so hot that the soldiers who threw them in were consumed. But suddenly the king jumped up in amazement. Daniel 3.24, he said, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They said, True, king. He said, Look, I see four men. And they're loose. And they're walking in the midst of the fire. They're not hurt. And the form of the fourth man is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace. And he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. And the satraps and the administrators and the governors and the king's counselors gathered together when they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. Their hair of their head was not singed. Their garments were not affected. The smell of smoke was not on them. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke. He said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. They have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or, or language who speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. And their house shall be made an ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. 
Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Let me tell you, there's no God who can deliver like our God. He is the way maker. Not a hair on their head was singed. Their clothing wasn't damaged. They came out without the smell of smoke. God didn't deliver them from the fire. He protected them through the fire. Who was that fourth man in the burning fiery furnace? Who was that fourth man? You find him all through the Bible. In Genesis, he's the seed of woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the high priest. In Numbers, he's the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he's the captain of the army of the Lord. In Judges, he's the judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he's the kinsman and redeemer. In Samuel, he is the prophet of the Lord. In First and Second Kings, he's our mighty king. In First and Second Chronicles, he's the Shekinah glory filling the temple. In Ezra, he's the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of the broken walls of life. In Esther, he's the queenly figure making intercession for her people. In Job, he's the ever-living redeemer. In Psalms, he's the shepherd who restores my soul. In Proverbs, he's eternal wisdom. In Ecclesiastics, he's eternal life. In the Song of Solomon, he's our lover and bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. He's the lamb wounded for our transgressions. In Jeremiah, he's the righteous branch. In Lamentations, he's the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the wonderful four-faced man. Who was that fourth man in the burning, fiery furnace? Uh, let me tell you, in, he's the, in, in Hosea, he is the faithful husband. In Joel, he's the baptizer with the Holy Ghost. In Amos, he's our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's the mighty savior. In Jonah, he's the forgiving God of another chance. In Micah, he's the messenger with beautiful feet. In Nahum, he's the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he's, he's the evangelist crying out for revival. In Zephaniah, he's the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Haggai, he's the cleansing fountain opening the house of David. In Zechariah, he is the pure son. And in Malachi, he's the son of righteousness with healing in his winds. Who was the fourth man in the burning fiery furnace? In Matthew, he's the Messiah. In Mark, he's the wonder worker. In Luke, he's the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. In Acts, he is the Holy Ghost. In Romans, he's the justifier. In Ephesians, he's the Christ with unsearchable riches. In Philippians, he's the God who supplies all my needs. In Colossians, he's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Thessalonians, he's our soon coming king. In Timothy, he's the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, he's our great physician. In Philemon, he's the friend who sticks closer than a brother. In Peter, he's the chief shepherd. In 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, he's everlasting love. In Jude, he's the Lord coming with 10,000 angels. And in Revelation, he's the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. Who was that fourth man? Who was that fourth man in the burning, burning fiery furnace? He is the brightness of God's glory. He is the express image of God's person. He is the king of glory. He's the pearl of great price. He is the cup that runs over, the rock in a weary land, the prince of peace, the government of life, the miracle worker. He raises the dead. He heals the sick. He feeds the multitude. He's Jesus of Nazareth, and he's coming back again. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, he's the way maker. Jesus is the one who makes the way. 
You know, Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Now, let me tell you, not only is Jesus the only way to God, not only is Jesus the only Savior, not only is He the only way to, make, to be made right to God, with God, and He's the only way to heaven, but He's also the way maker for every situation you, that we face in life. He hasn't changed. He's still the same. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's the faithful one. When you call on Him, when you trust in Him, He will save you. He will deliver you. Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You all know in this church that that word saved is the word sozo, and it means to save, to deliver, to rescue, to, 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 to heal, to make well, to protect, to preserve, to make whole. In fact, the message translation says, everyone who calls help God gets help. Help me, Lord. He's the way maker. Jesus said in John 10, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I've came, Jesus came to give us abundant life. Amen. I don't know what you're facing right now. It may seem impossible. You may not see a way out. But let me tell you, God is the way maker. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 from the Passion Bible says this. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. Say, thank you, Lord, you're always faithful to me. Say, thank you, Lord, you're the way maker. He will screen and filter the severity, the nature, the timing of every test you face so you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust Him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out victoriously. Say, thank you, Lord, for every trial I face. You have provided a way of escape that will bring me out victoriously. Let me tell you, if you will look to Him, if you will follow Him, if you will hold your peace, we will remain at rest, refuse to worry, refuse to be fearful, keep on speaking words of faith. God will deliver you. God will fight for you. God will heal you. God will provide for you. He is a way maker. Jesus has made a way for me so many times. Five years ago, we bought a a building, our church bought a building. We were meeting in a hotel. It was costing us $12,500 a month to use on Sunday morning. And someone saw me on TV, a businessman. He called me, said, I, I want to sell you my building. You don't need a bank. I'm going to finance it. You don't need down payment. I just want you to pay me interest of 5%. And uh, we were spending, it was going to cost $12,500 a month. And that's what we were spending at the hotel. So we went ahead. Of course, what I didn't figure out is we had to totally gut the whole building and spend $400,000 renovating that we didn't have, but God made a way, and the money came in. We moved in in January of 2019. One year later, COVID hit. And we never stopped the service. We never canceled. We, we had church every Sunday. 
But 50-60% of the people stopped coming. A lot of them watched online. And by a miracle, we went through the whole year, 20, 2020, 2021, never missed a payment. We weren't, even, we weren't even late on a payment. But then something happened this year. We, we've been trust, I'm trusting God for our building, for a debt-free building. We've got a $3 million mortgage we had, and I'm trusting for a debt-free building. And so for the first time, we got beyond 30 days late. The owner of the, the man who financed it recalled, called up the loan, filed for foreclosure. There was a clause in our contract. Our interest went from 5% to 24%. It was going to cost us $60,000 a month. That's a million rand a month. I thought, what are we going to do? We're going to make a way out. God made a way. We put that up for sale. We sold and closed in two weeks. We sold it for a million dollars more than what we paid. We put the money in the bank. I, we're in the middle of a miracle. I believe God's going to provide a better building. We're going to be debt free. I've seen him do it before. I believe he's going to do it again in the name of Jesus because he is the way maker. Say thank you, Lord, that you are the way maker. Thank you that you make a way where I don't see a way. Amen. I declare that Jesus is your way maker. He's making a way for you. I want you to bow your head for a moment. Father, we just thank you so much that we can trust you. No matter what we face, that you are for us. And you go before us. And you fight for us. And you bring us through. You bring us out victoriously. If you're sitting here today, just bow your head for a moment and close your eyes. I remember... 43 years ago, when my mother dragged me to this church, because I really didn't want to go, and I, I received Jesus in my life, and my life changed forever. And I wanted to say to you that if you're not sure where you stand with the Lord today, if, if you were to die today, are you sure what would happen to you? Do you know that there is a heaven to gain? There, heaven is a real place, and there is a hell to shun. If you died tonight, can you say for sure that you know that you would go to heaven? Or would you have to be honest and say, Pastor Steve, if I died tonight, I hope I'd go to heaven. I do believe in God. I'm a member of such and such a church. I'm not asking if you believe in God or, or if you're a member of a church. The Bible says even the demons believe in God. I'm asking you, are you absolutely certain if you died today, you know you'd go to heaven. Because let me tell you, the good news is you can know that for sure. You can walk out of here today. You can know that all is right, all is well with you and God. You can know that every mistake, every sin you ever committed in your life is forgiven and washed away. You can know that God is with you, that He goes before you. And you can know for sure that when you die, heaven is where you're going to spend all of eternity. I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you the prayer that Apostle Theo prayed with me 43 years ago. And my whole life changed forever. God is about to change your life today. If you say, Pastor Steve, pray for me. Include me in that prayer that you're about to pray. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you want to be a part of this, say, Pastor Steve, I want to make sure when I die, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. Pray for me. If that's you right now, I want you to lift your hand up high. Lift your hand up high. I'm looking for hands. If your hand is raised, you, you're included in this. Just lift it up high right now. Thank you, Lord. Every person who raised your hand, you're going to have one of the 
the workers from this church are going to come over to you, put their hand on your shoulder. I want you, do I say the prayer now? I want you to say this prayer with me. In fact, can we all say this prayer, everybody? Say this prayer together. Because the scripture says, Romans 10, 9, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and if you confess with your mouth, He is Lord, you will be saved. So say this with me. Say, dear God, I thank you that you love me so much. You sent your son Jesus to come to this earth, to die on a cross for me, to take my sin, my punishment. And you said that if I believe that Jesus is alive, and if I confess Jesus is Lord of my life, that I will be saved. I do this today. Lord Jesus, I ask you, forgive me of my sin. Save me, Lord. I declare, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. From today, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what your Bible says. And I thank you, Lord, because I have received you. I am now saved. I am born again. I'm a child of God. God, you're my very own father. I'm your very own child. Heaven is my home. My name is written down in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com Thank you.